everyone. Welcome to another edition of the V-Auto podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V-Auto, and I'll be your host for today's conversation. My guest for today is Jeremiah Mowry, who's Senior Director of Operations for Atlanta Auto Brokers, an independent dealer group that's been in business for 30 years. And we've asked Jeremiah here to join the conversation and, and talk about how he manages his used vehicle inventory to match market conditions and how technology and tools help him do the job. Jeremiah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Lance. Appreciate you being here. And as we always like to start these with giving our listeners and viewers, Jeremiah, a sense of who you are and the business that you're part of. So maybe if you would share a little bit of the, your background uh, in, in the car business and, and your role at the, the dealership today. I started, I started working for Atlanta Auto Brokers back in 1999. So I just hit my 24 year mark. Congrats. Yeah. 24 years. I don't know where, <laughs> I don't, but yeah, I don't know where it went. But anyway, I started, uh, I moved here from Ohio to go, I moved to Georgia, uh, Marietta, Georgia to go to chiropractic college. And I decided I'd like to get a job at a dealership. I'd like to learn the industry. And they wouldn't hire any college kids. They're like, we don't hire college kids. Back then, our, our store was a, a high line, more so high line exotic store. Mm -hmm. um, so there was no room for an 18-year-old kid to be test driving cars or showing cars or a college kid selling cars part-time. But anyway, they gave me a, uh, a janitor role and said I couldn't drive a car. and the janitor role evolved into uh, learning how to advertise cars, how to recondition cars, how to evaluate cars, how to do condition reports, um, into learning how to purchase vehicles from the franchise dealers, dealerships on trade-in, how to work the auctions. Then the internet came into play in 2001, two, three, four, five for us. And then I worked in retail management at our store. We opened a satellite store, um, and man, from there, I don't know, I've been through a lot of elections, I've been through a lot of depressions, it seems like, or recessions, uh, just, I've seen a lot of ups and downs uh, in the, I want to call it a short period, I feel like I hadn't been doing it very long, because there's always mm -hmm. learn, but, I mean, it's almost a quarter of a century, I guess, but you know, all the way till now, it's, I've, I've got to see the business just evolve into to what it is. And so now on my daily, um, my daily job duties are to make sure that I'm, I'm stocking the, the correct inventory. I'm managing my, my buyers for the store, managing our, our sales managers or our, our general sales managers, all the way down to our mechanic shop, to our detail shop, to all the vendors. And I try to stay in the in the trenches and and keep a pulse on this market because it's again we're in the we're on what november 9th 2023 and mm -hmm. this is the market i feel like i've seen again and it's a scary market it's not like oh my gosh this is so exciting to be in this business it's oh my gosh like we're in the roller coaster that's at the bottom of the roller coaster. so you know it's uh all that to be said, that's that's 
I guess my background. Yeah, yeah. So so no uh, no looking back, no regrets about the chiropractic gig you initially set out to pursue. You know, I I often have that I have that thing of you know I didn't get to finish something. You know, I dropped out of college because I couldn't um, fund it, and you know. Everybody said that's worse. You're you're making the worst mistake ever going into the car business to to start a career in that. That's a horrible idea. Yeah, I mean it was at the time because I remember writing VIN numbers down, uh, stocking cars in with pen and paper. Or and man, I was like, I cannot handle writing another VIN number. There's no way I'm doing this the rest of my life. I hate writing VIN numbers. I hate getting the miles off these nasty trade ins. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to be a car salesman the rest of my life. I can't. What am I going to do? Tell my kids I'm a car salesman? Well, guess what? Yeah, I tell my kids and all their friends and all the teachers at schools and all the businesses that we go in and speak to and help out with. I'm a used car salesman, baby. That's at the end of the day, that's what I am. I'm a used car salesman. And I love writing VIN numbers down, even though I really don't. I hate it, but I do love it. Awesome. Awesome. And, and just one other quick point on the business itself. Two locations. You've got your own. Uh, I think you said s- service and detailing operation. What What's your like monthly retail number generally? We have we have three retail locations. We have yeah. we have a um, the third retail lo- location we opened up in 2012. Um, we opened one during COVID. So those are our three active. And of course, the, the mothership that's been here since 1987. So that's our hub for everything. Um, and, and the mechanic shop we have is, is across the street from our, our main store here. But, you know, retail, if, if we can retail 100 cars a month, I think that's what you're asking me, right? Yeah, yeah. Like just to give viewers a sense of like what kind of volume you guys do. Yeah, I mean, we... There's points where we'll we'll retail if if we retail less than a hundred we have we're we have we're feeling it there's an oopsie somewhere um, but typically if we're doing a hundred to 150 cars I know that's a huge range but again depends on what inventory is available and all the factors in the market but yeah so if we're shooting between a hundred to 150 retail a month and then we can wholesale another 50 to a hundred in that range. You know that that keeps the lights on. That keeps everybody keeps everybody healthy. Okay. Okay. Now, I, I I guess it was about a decade ago or so ago when you guys signed up for V Auto's provision system, and I'm I'm just flashing back to that period. Um, what were maybe some of the factors that led you to say, hey, this this tool kind of looks right for us? Yeah, flash thousand. 12, 13, we were going through um, internal, internally, we were, we were uh, making a change. We, we brought in a general manager that wanted to really guide the business to a retail business. Um, Back before he was here, um, we had a lot of wholesalers inside the building. Mm -hmm. There was a, a division between wholesale and retail. There was literally like a wall that was built uh, between the employees. And the wholesalers wanted the retail 
salespeople to sell their cars and well, the retail salespeople wanted to make sure they got paid good money on those cars when they retail them. But there was always an animosity between the, the two entities. Even though we're, we're one company, we still had a wholesale retail wall. And it was like a separate inventory. Um, but what this new idea was to get, combine all of our inventory under one stock number and buy the wholesalers out. So there was no you know, shared profit per se. So when we when we went to a one stock number inventory, we needed a way to really manage that. And I don't remember what other solutions were out there, but I remember seeing Viato going, man, this is this is crazy that this is possible. And when when we put it all in one spot and then we learned about the syndication of how we could I th I think that's how it went. And we learned mm -hmm. how it was to get a car because because back then it seemed like everything was like really spread out there was a there was a vendor for everything but nothing talked to each other nothing talked so you could have ebiz for a website you could have dealer.com for a website then you would have a dms of fraser or dealer track or reynolds or wayne reeves but when you shot all of your information all of your cars out to these websites and then it wouldn't go to cars.com or autotrader.com or ebay or ove or Mannheim. it's like there's all these weird spider webs so there's a spider web and everything's going different directions well i i think that's how it happened back then at least that's a picture i have in my mind because yeah. it's really clear where the spider web is still existing i mean but when we have our dms now those cars will now get funneled straight into that one spot of the auto. From there, we syndicate and everything just spreads out and everything's managed right here. So as long as the input's done by the right person into the DMS and then it gets into the, the V auto and pushes everywhere, that becomes, I mean, that's my heartbeat every single day is, is when the car leaves my DMS into here. And that's what I watch. I don't know how many hours a day, but I know it's every morning between 5 to 7 a.m. And then usually every night before I go to bed between 1030 and midnight, I'm touching it. And then throughout the day, I live inside of it as well, doing my appraisals or sourcing or price adjusting or descriptions or merchandising. Okay. okay. So, you, so you run that for the whole group versus having somebody at the individual locations kind of do that work and then you check it, so to speak. Yeah, and we, we've got, you know, we've got a store manager at each location that is extremely capable of doing it. And they may, they dabble in it, but when it comes to pricing the vehicles initially, I, was, I would say 95% of the time I, I'm pricing the cars um, and then doing price adjustments. I have a, I have a little bit of a team help on that there's usually a text message that goes out if we're lowering prices in the market um you know we put a, a group text out there and let our guys know hey we're adjusting prices let us know what cars you have deals working on so we don't touch them um so i have a, I have a little bit of help with that with that team and they have a threshold of what they can get us to a good great fair deal in the market but yeah um i feel like i can manage that part of the business because it's to me, it's, 
that's easy. That's the easiest part of my my day is sitting inside V Auto and looking at my heartbeat. Not trying to give V Auto a plug like that, but it literally is my yeah I am. I'm giving you a plug. Sure. It, it's my heartbeat. Um, and I often think I, there's other options out there that are, are less money, but I am terrified. My managers are terrified. If I was to say, hey, I'm gonna we're well, gonna save us probably half the cost every month. They don't do it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. So those it's their heartbeat as well. That's the only thing they've ever known because they've they've all been with me for probably ten years. Yeah. And so they've only been on Viato. They only understand Viato. Understood. Now, so let's talk about pricing for just a second, Jeremiah. When that when that car comes to you for that initial pricing, um, as I think of dealers who use provision, it seems like you know you've got what we might call true blue velocity. You know, mark them up and then bring them down over time, um, and that's kind of applied across all the cars. Then there's maybe a, a hybrid where the dealers might be looking at things specifically related to market day supply and, you know, kind of making a, a adjustments, you know, not necessarily on a car by car basis, but it's not certainly not a one size fits all. And I guess I'm kind of curious, or, and then there's also the strategical gross or volume. So how would you describe what your approach is there as you're looking at a vehicle for the first time and deciding where to put it on the market? Yeah, I don't think there's I don't think there's a right or wrong way of doing this because I've tried or I've seen um all the above what you just described. I mean that's that's a very common practice for all of us. We we think we steal something, um and we think that we should mark it up X amount and we don't pay attention to market day supply. We don't pay attention to how many no sales were at the auction of that same exact car? There's a reason maybe you bought that car so cheap. Yeah. All the other dealers aren't selling them. So maybe there's a huge market day supply in the wholesale market. And either way, yeah, you're you're just going, man, I stole that car for 10 grand, I'm gonna price it for 15. Um, I I believe we practice, we, we try to practice that every car stands on its own legs. And we, we have a wholesale backbone with, you know, the exit strategy of, hey, what's the car we wholesale for? When we go into the acquisition process, what can we wholesale this car for? Yeah, we're in the retail business with three retail locations, pay a bunch of rent, but what can we wholesale this car for? So as we back into that number, and then you also, you have the flip side of the coin, what can we retail it for? How many are in the market? What color are they? Well, how many are sitting at the auction that didn't sell? Or is it an auction purchase? How many fees are on it? Where's the car coming from? So, again, there's so many factors that go into how you want to price that car. Um, but I try to let each car stand on its own legs. And I try to go off replacement value. If I know that I can pick that same car up and there's plenty of them sitting on the ground um, and it's a 35-day market supply, well, you know, I'm going to milk it for 95, 100%. Um, I try to not look what my ACV is, but the truth of the matter is, you know, you you do look at that. It's still emotional to us. I mean, it took so much to buy that car. Yep. So I, I like to say case by case, and 
some cars that I think I do steal, or I think that I have a really good a wholesale position on, and the retail is not good. Uh, Toyota Tacomas are to us is Toyota to, Toyota products for us generally aren't a good retail car, but they're great wholesale cars. Our retail margins are extremely thin on them, but they're good cars. They don't break down. Customers like buying them, but it says I can at the market, make a little bit of money and sell them, but I really got to price those cars in the 80%. So I, I, I try to pay attention to market day supply. I try to pay attention to what replacement value is or, or my wholesale out and add some money to it. So I don't know. I, I know I'm all over the board on pricing, but to me, it's, it's a gut feeling as well. I have to have the, you have to have the art and science right. mind. And yep. the, the time that you're taking your, your art out of it and you're letting the science do the work in today's market, you're not going to be making money. I'm, that's my opinion. Yeah. Every time I think I can let a computer tell me what a car is worth and what I can sell it for. I may come out on some cars, but overall, at the end of the day, there's no, there's no same car that's the same used car market. That's why I believe they need to stand on their own legs. You may buy a package of cars. And you hope you spread them out a certain way, but um, I don't know. I think I guess everybody's probably different in that. But to me, it's just a car by car. I understand? Yeah, and and that and and and, and everything you just explained, Jeremiah, suggests that those are the multitude of factors that go into determining what you might do with a particular car. Some of them are going to matter more for some cars versus others. So I, I'm I'm tracking with you. I'm tracking. Now, yeah. I, I'm curious, uh, in terms of acquisition, uh, you know, I guess I, right or wrong, I, I sort of regard independent dealers as maybe a little more auction dependent than franchise dealers. So, but I also understand that over the last couple of years, the, the, the effort to diversify sourcing channels at dealerships has, you know, come along in earnest. So how, how does that looked for you guys, you know, in terms of the auction versus maybe trade-ins or mining your service department, you know, for, for, for acquisitions, how does that work? That's been probably the rockiest road. Well, I think buying cars is the rockiest road. Um, and I think that's probably why I love this business so much is I was trained to buy cars from, from franchise dealerships, not from other wholesalers. Mm -hmm. Not from an auction. You don't buy cars from an auction. And then as we got closer, and that's how we made a living for a long time, you know, just off of dealer trade-ins that they don't stock. Um, but as the big stores buy, big buys, buy, as big stores buy little stores, and they turn into corporate stores, there's all of a sudden a wholesale program that is put in place or a no wholesale to dealers. There's no more dealer to dealer. It's only brick and mortar. It's only upstream auctions. So us wholesalers get kicked out of those. There's still people that will wholesale us cars. Um, but again, it goes back into the relationship and what store didn't sell that you can still buy cars out of. So we're relying on going back to your question about the. Were you asking the, the like the ratio between the auction versus the other type of sourcing? 
with that, that's, I was just curious for a flavor of, of that diversification that's happening. And, and you, you've described, you, you described some of the shift you guys have had to make. Yeah. So that shift really, like you said, three years ago, you can mark it back on the calendar, you know, in in March of 20, um, you, you either, it either went one or two ways. You either, if you're still dealing with those dealers, they went ahead and liquidated all their cars to you because they were scared or the other ones held on to all the cars because they weren't scared. Well, then as COVID turned on, people, people in certain pockets did really well. Um, those dealers obviously didn't have the new car store trades because the supply was down. Right. So at that point I had to really figure out, okay, if I'm not getting these new, new car store trades, we really need to get into this auction business again because we've had the cycles where we've had to buy from auction mm -hmm. so you know my one of my goals by the end of this year was to be i'm not going to say 100 percent away from buying from auction but i really only wanted to have maybe 15 to 20 percent of my cars that came from an auction and i don't i don't know if that can happen this year but being that there's only what 40 50 days left but I mean, that's, that's my goal for 20, 24 for sure is not be completely because that's, I think that's impossible because there's always cars at the auction you need for your, your clients. But, but man, would it be great to not have to pay all these fees all the time? Yeah. Would it be great just to be able to help the local dealers out who's trading a Mercedes in at the, the Ford store, like, and they don't want to stock a Mercedes. They don't want to stock a Volvo, but, you know, turned us independent guys that, you know, we like to roll our sleeves up and figure out what something's worth and and have that relationship with these guys and, and be able to buy the good and the bad. So, and then also, you know, you got your your direct purchases from the consumer with all the, the tools that are in the market. Um, there's a lot of ways. It's been beat pretty hard during COVID since there was a shortage of cars. That consumer market uh, or direct-to-consumer market it's a tough competitor if those people have a CarMax or a Carvana or Vroom offer. I mean, it's it's hard to transact, but also if you have a relationship with one of those three companies, you can still buy that car from that customer and flip it to one of those sources if you have to. So there's still a way for you to buy a car and keep a margin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And naturally, that's where the deals are, right? Yep, yep. So arbitrage from one to the other. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, on the, the wholesaling side, um, Jeremiah, that I know that you've used upside a little bit, one of the Cox Automotive's um, outlets for, for, for dealers. Um, what's been your experience there? And, 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 and given these other channels that you just mentioned, how do you decide what goes to so maybe upside versus somewhere else? It's probably the cliche thing that people say, you know, how many how many tools you got in your belt? They're all tools that are in our belt and depends which one you want to use that day, I guess. But in theory, it'd be nice to, to shop, shop them all. You know, that's not a perfect world, but you know, we know from doing it for a minute, there's, there's generally a following of dealers that like to buy from certain places. So, and buy certain cars. So we may know that these $5,000 and under cars go here first. 
And if they don't hit the floor that we're looking for, then they may go here. Or we may get a baseline from one of the other venues and then try it over here. If it doesn't bring the money here, you know you have your out here. If that doesn't work, you got a one-way trip to the brick and mortar, the local brick and mortar place. But yeah, I mean, we the cool thing is we're blessed with all these these options and all the money that has gone into these companies on research and development and building these apps and building the technology and everybody buying data to to show what these cars are worth and getting all the dealers to sign up. I mean, the, we always look for the fastest, I shouldn't say the fastest, let's just call it the most efficient way to wholesale a car. We look at it for retail as well, but since we're talking about wholesale, the most efficient way to wholesale a car, number one is you don't have to have a manager go to an auction. You don't have a manager go to the back lot and look for keys. But if you can have a, a group like Upside we're talking about, you can do that through your appraisal process. You can get your guaranteed number. You have you have that baseline. Man X comes in and writes the CR on it for you or, or validates it, and you put it in the auction. It's pretty efficient that way. There's the 90-10 split they do, that they do. They Upside. Upside also has another thing. I don't know if they've rolled out to everybody, but they've they they're they're trying to find a way to gain that business back of not ha having a car leave your lot and and play a game, I guess. That's a fun game for us. Um, but how do you decide what goes where? I think it's I think it goes into relationships. Um, like my store managers, they like they may have a relationship with the 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 v the VSI that comes out from ACV. They really like that guy. So they're going to give him three or four cars to write inspections on. I personally am always inside the auto, so I'm always getting instant cash offers and seeing where my cars stack up inside upside. Um, mm -hmm. So to me, and I have a very good performance manager that's amazing. So and that guy's pushing me to do business all the time with them. So they're going to see my cars better than let's say CarMax because CarMax isn't calling me saying, "Hey, send me some cars. Hey, try to sell me something." They do come in and visit us, but you know I think it's it's what you're comfortable with in the relationships, which is what I think this business needs to get back to is having relationships from these companies. You know, come in, help me grow my business. Like help me, don't waste my time, but help bring me a good idea that I can implement to maybe get another car bought, get another car sold, and maintain actually some money and cut your fees. Like quit charging me for everything. Like quit feeding me to death. I kind of got off on a tangent about that fees and me. I just don't. It's a sore spot. <laughs> you're you're not the only one, Jeremiah. Do not do not worry. Do not worry. Um, I, I guess when it um, you know, just to going back, you'd mentioned one of the goals you had for 2023 was maybe getting auction purchases down to 15, 20 percent. And and so is is the difference? If I assume that you've reduced it over over the past you know bulk of the year. But I, I guess I'm kind of curious on direct, you mentioned direct to customers a bit challenging, but then you also mentioned I see Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Is that helping you tap that channel? Yeah, we've we've had a buying center probably as long as we've had the, the V Auto product. Um, okay. Each location. Um, we had each location continuous and then we couldn't afford the cost of it um, for the amount of cars we were buying. So it was... 
the leads are there. The, the hard part is always buying a car from a consumer is so labor intensive. It's so labor intensive. Um, and man, I've tried, I've tried it all. We still try it all. We, I just got on the phone with another company that's new, that's trying to get into the space. And, but with KBB, we, if you want to speak with them or speak about that directly, like we're getting the leads. We get people that want to sell their cars. And when we get a hold of them, these people bought these cars in the last three years. Guess what? They paid through the nose for them. Yeah. Guess what? The banks aren't loaning through the nose for them right now. And we're, we're dealing in our, in our market, we're dealing with a lot of customers extremely upside down. Yeah. We're dealing with customers that have, driven that car till the end of the world, serviced it as long as they could. And now the car has got a bad transmission. It's got a bad motor. It's time to go ahead and just get rid of it. So, and we can buy that car, but guess what? It's hard to get a motor now. It's hard to get a transmission. It's hard to keep a car jammed in the shop for two to four weeks. So we're getting that business, but it's been more of a challenge here in the last two and I'm going to say two and a half months on our office street acquisition. It's been extremely challenging, but we have got, um, some nice cars through there in the last couple of months. But so it, it, what, go ahead. yeah, I was going to say it's just the hardest it's been. Yeah, that I, I've heard that that uh, getting customers bought and and just what the lenders are doing is a is a big a big big issue. Because um, it it got out of hand, I think during COVID, there were people that received loans that probably shouldn't be in them, and they got really good interest rates, and now you get somebody that deserves the car that doesn't get the interest rate they deserve. And, you know, just all part of the cycle, I guess, of life that we're in. One last question, Jeremiah, that uh, I guess as you look ahead to 2024 and, and, the, and closing 23, you mentioned that, uh, you know, reducing dependence on auctions is one of your goals. But as you look forward to 2024, uh, what would you list as one or two key priorities? Um, my biggest is getting to connect more with our employees. Um, I feel I feel like um, I'm present. You know, the days that I'm I'm inside the stores, we're talking about business. We're talking about what's happening, um, what cars are sitting where, what cars need to get through service, what cars we've retailed, one star reviews, five star reviews. What can we do to get more business? But I feel like I'm missing the connection of knowing our people better knowing them on the personal level better that's maybe as a me problem but i feel like i need to be i just need to be connected more to my my team and they've been with me for a long time so they've been with us for a long time and and by doing that i need to talk to them about you know bringing in more people because these guys are working and these gals are working two to four positions and working sometimes six days a week. Most of our people work six days a week. And so, so by adding value there um, mm -hmm. and learning more about our team, I need to add more people to the team. And I need their help to do it because it's, once again, it's hard to find, it's no, no secret there, you know, it's hard to find people, but I need to find the right people and I need their help to find the right people. So, I definitely need to be more connected because the last couple of years, it's all been, it's just all been like a blur and how fast can we get to the finish line and how fast can we sell these cars? How fast can we cash the checks? 
Yep. Yeah. Understood. Well, I think the first step towards that goal has already happened, Jeremiah, and that's the understanding of this is what you got to do, you know, yeah. and the right. matter of doing it. Thank you, Jeremiah, for taking time to share your perspective here on the podcast. We're grateful for it. Yeah, thank you. And folks, thank you for listening to this edition of the V Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well. 